All right, this is The Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is The Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! <laughs> Happy post-Valentine's Day for everybody and post-post-Galentine's Day. And we'll oh, have a I didn't realize you didn't say that. Valentine's Day was before? Yes, the 13th of February. I missed that. Yeah. I was reading an article, and so they talked about that. In any case, when I say we have a fantastic guest, I am not joking this time. <laughs> Maya Herbsman. Yes. <laughs> you are a, um, I'm going to read this thing here, intimacy coach and arts associate artistic director and education coordinator at Cutting Ball Theater. Yes, that's all true. Yeah, that is fantastic. It's an amazing, I mean, you're only 24 years old, right? Yeah. It's amazing what you've done at the, at the age of 24 and the... Apparently, you know, February <coughs> has been our uh, millennial month, apparently. <laughs> We've had a lot of millennials doing all sorts of amazing things. I mean, 24, yes. I, I have no, I was struggling to find a job. I was <laughs> going through temp agencies or whatever, but, you know, Ooh, you I have I think worked, I moved to the Bay Area. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> You've worked with the Wesleyan Argus Theater. I think that's the college, or you're associated with the college that you were in, right? Yes, I, I went to Wesleyan University. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You've worked with the Problematic Play Festival. Uh, mm-hmm. Anton's Well, Shotgun Players, Theater First, Aurora Theater, Custom Made Theater, the Berkeley Rep, uh, and also Custom Made Theater. They did Clout Nine. Uh, There's just been many, many, many uh, shows that you've done working as an intimacy coach. And the next one is Cutting Ball. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a whole bunch going on. I, I think in 2019, I know I did the math. I worked on 25 productions Ooh. as an intimacy director. Mm-hmm. That that is fantastic. It's it's great okay. for it's you, you know, having <laughs> yeah. you know that role, and also for theater companies reaching out to you because there mm-hmm. are a lot of theater companies who are like, eh, we got it, but right. no, I mean, yeah. This, yeah. There's some wonderful quotes in the Datebook article, and one of them was that these people who said, "Well, haven't we been doing theater for a long time?" and I loved your response. <laughs> yeah, which is yes, we we have, and I think we're seeing all the damage that's been done in that time right yes yes right that we we've been doing sex scenes for i presumably since greece um we've been doing sex scenes forever we've been doing intimate scenes forever um but you know the me too movement the time's up movement Mm -hmm. i think show us Mm -hmm. all that's gone wrong with that and all that has been really harmful Mm -hmm. yeah you're absolutely right well first and foremost how are you doing I'm doing great. I'm really glad to be here with you all. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we'll get more into you, and we'll play some clips. I mean, we when we had Radhika Rao on, she talked about you, and she talked about some of the things that women go through when they're on stage. Yeah. And we can sort of briefly play that again for those who didn't hear the la- right. that uh, prior episode. Cool. But we'll get more into that as I begin. You're giving me a hint. Now, this time I'll know what the clip is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it won't be a guessing thing. Uh, but how, was, how did you and Mara, how was Valentine? Valentine's Day? Valentine's Day was at the Blue Note in Napa. Nice. I I didn't used to even know there was one until they had a show up there and I went and saw it. So we did that. Um, You know, Napa's white. I mean, it's white. And white people listening to Prince music. And (laughs) one of the hard things about getting older is that thing that you sort of grew up, especially the thing you came into adulthood kind of going, wow, this is now. Mm -hmm. So in your mind, that never becomes the past. That's Mm -hmm. always now. Like yeah. your adult now starts then. Mm-hmm. So when somebody starts talking about classic or old school, you're like, huh? But I was looking around the room last night, and there were a lot of people over 50. So the groove was um, – th- there was a little less juice to the groove that there might be in a regular club. Okay. <laughs> like now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but still, it was fun. And she's um, 
after having some time away from the band, she's been back with them for a few months now, and uh, it's nice to see her and to see the way the mix is working. I, you know, that's the problem with being the, the music widow, mm-hmm. is I've already seen this show. I know this set backwards and forwards. Yeah. Oh, wait, you're doing <laughs> something new. For yeah. those who don't know, Mar is a saxophonist. Trombonist. I always give you the visual. Because, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and she uh, plays for, uh, they do Prince covers, The purple right? ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah, tri- a Prince tribute band. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so there was neat, that was a neat show in the upstairs mm-hmm. space, and then there was another show going on downstairs. Nice. Yeah, it was, and I, I've read a few things about Valentine's Day. What was one guy, actually, I could not believe he posted this, that when you're over 50, Valentine's Day is morning sex and brunch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I was like. We we didn't get that memo. Damn. <laughs> oh well. Well, I think you know. There's a Valentine's for younger folks, and then there's for older folks yeah. who are you know just you're adventurous when you're in your twenties. Oh, then, you know. Speaking of younger folks, uh, the other part of our Valentine's. Day oh yes, Dexter. The boy brought the girl home. Ah. And then they went for a midnight walk up in Diamond Park, which if you haven't been there, for yeah. people who don't know Oakland, yeah. there are all kinds of little gyms in Oakland that you just don't know about, and it's your loss. Mm. Diamond Park is one of those. It's a gorgeous little park. It's not that little, but it you cross the street into uh, what on either side is a residential neighborhood, but it's a creek um, that you cross into, and then you go up into this creek, up a ravine, and up into the hills, and it, if you follow the trail, you'll go all the way up into the hills. Mm. Um, it's a gorgeous trail, and <coughs> he's been doing that since he was a boy. Mm-hmm. Well, when we got together, that was one of the romantic things that Mara and I would do, uh-huh. and I think we might have gone with him and a friend or two once or twice, but yeah. you know. He quickly got to that age where he didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But last night, him and the girl <laughs> they're went not, and walked. They're not vibing no more. They've reached out. Uh, and then they came back. Okay. And we're up till uh, at least three. But Mara, as soon as they got back, Mara was like, we are going to sleep. You guys need to be quiet. If you can't be quiet, you yeah. need to go downstairs. Now, wait a minute. I'm, I'm a little amazed that the father of the woman, girl would allow her to stay at three, till three. I you mean, are that not a parent in the 21st yeah, century. I guess not. Because as, and this, I remember hearing this, like, I remember when I was a kid, those parents that would let us have parties and we were drinking. Yeah. And they just sort of turned a blind eye to it. And the justification was, hey, you're going to do it. It's not like you're not going to do it. So you can't stop the kids from doing it. Mm-hmm. If you have them here, then you can sort of contain it hmm. and maybe keep an eye on it. Mm-hmm. And same thing, I guess, in terms of sex, which, no, my mother was not allowing sex in the house. That wasn't happening. Yeah, me and mine either. We, on the other hand, are apparently pretending that we don't know that anything is happening between this 18-year-old boy and this girl that seems like she's ready to, to play. And I'm like, okay, I'm, well, I'm, you know, something's happening. There's, there's little track of marks okay. down his neck on yeah. a regular basis. <laughs> So, Valentine's Day. <coughs> there you go. Well, my it hasn't been long ago that you were a teenager, so do you remember those days? <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that I remember actively celebrating Valentine's Day as a teenager. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I've had a lot of lonely. I don't think I've had a Valentine's Day as a teenager. I mean, I've had, like, right. prom and that sort of stuff. But Oh, I have exes who will testify to the fact that I disappeared. Valentine's Day was coming up. Okay. 
I'm not available. I'm gone. I'm I'm yeah. busy. I ooh, are, is that that day? I made plans with a friend. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot I'd of pressure. Stay out of it for the longest. <laughs> and of course, it's all commercial. I mean, you know, it's basically yeah. flower companies like, hey, please buy my chocolate. stuff or chocolate or, you know, he went to Jared's and that sort of stuff. So <laughs> right, a lot of it's very very commercial. In any case, um, we can jump into news. There are lots of current events and a lot of it dealing with um, just sexual uh, identity and uh-huh. uh, and other things. Um, Vanessa, well, okay, Vanessa Bryant's response, pain and anger and gratitude. That's Kobe Bryant's widow. Also, oh. Dwayne Wade and his daughter, Zaya. Did you hear about this? No. So, um, Dwayne Wade had a, uh, a child who identified as male earlier okay. and has come out basically saying, I am Zaya. Okay. You know, I identify as a woman now. And the response has been wonderful, especially... Among athletes, you know, Dwayne Wade. I, I don't even know who he is. <laughs> yeah, well, Dwayne Wade, he played for the Miami Heat. He has uh, two okay. rings. No, actually, I think he has three rings two with LeBron, one sure. without oh. with Shaq, I think. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, it's male testosterone. Right. You know, my son, he's going to play basketball too. Mm-hmm. But no, he's been very, very receptive. Him and his wife, Gabrielle Union. Uh, it's been oh. more wonderful. Yeah. I didn't know who that she was. I follow her. I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, so that's that's she been just, one. She's intelligent. Yeah, I, you've I, heard I about this too. Oh yeah, I've been so glad to see. <coughs> yeah, an example of a supportive father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and hopefully that'll be a trend that'll that'll continue on. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, Freedom Mom ad not aired. So this was a Super Bowl ad that was not aired. There's a company called Freedom Mom, which deals with I think drugs and other things that deals huh. with women who have uh, gone through pregnancy. And uh, I'm not sure what the ad, ad, you know what the what the products are. Right. But there was an ad where there's a woman who had just finished having a C-section, just yeah. having a baby, and she goes to the bathroom and she's having a real hard time, and it breaks the stereotype of the woman who just had a baby and she's just so wonderful sure. and right. everything's fantastic. And uh, I guess it was Fox who ran, uh, the, who did the Super Bowl, who refused to. Oh, air okay, it. yeah. And so there's controversy about how do we represent women. Oh. I don't know if you heard about that controversy. No, I didn't. Yeah, so in any case, uh, the uh, Freedom Mom. Huh. Uh, Jesse Smollett indicted again. Uh, yeah. that's in the, so that's a little crazy. Um, Victoria's Secrets employ rules to protect models from sexual harassment. Hmm. First time in its 40-year history. So it, it did what? So in any case, Victoria's Secrets, I guess they have, they're now implementing rules when models go on the runway and all of that sort of stuff to make sure oh. that they're in a safe environment. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, that's fantastic. And who knows? Because I had just read that. that they were started by a guy who was like, "There needs to be a place where men can go and look at lingerie for their women." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently, that was the start of the company, but it was so quickly sort of taken over by women consumers going, "Hey, a cool place that isn't being all weird and frilly." Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Also, um, you've heard about the tampon tax. I don't know if you heard about this. I, I heard something. <laughs> so there's an assemblywoman, uh, Christina Garcia, who wants to end the tampon tax. Basically, women Hallelujah. pay taxes yes. on tampons yes. and women and, products. And feminine products, yes. Yeah, and of course, men don't. Right. Unless you're buying it for you know your wife or right. girlfriend or whatever. And Which you know, Christina Garcia wants to stop often. it. So and that's yes. a fantastic that's thing. That's time. Yes, uh, yes exactly. Time. Exactly. And I was reading just this morning. Apparently, so there was a. Um, a 19-year-old uh, girl, she was a freshman in college, who had disappeared, and she was killed. And they just picked up a 14-year-old boy who is about to be indicted for murder. Wow. And I really do wonder what little boys are taught 
as far as handling and dealing with women. I mean, we're about to Not talk much. about intimacy and what what happens on the stage. Mm-hmm. And of course, the stage reflects what happens in life. Yeah. And we've been asking this, you know, for a while. Just, you know, what do we teach our, our, our little boys about how to address uh, women and how to just be, you know, sexually positive and 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 that sort of stuff. Well, you skipped the big one. What's that? Weinstein. Oh yeah, um, Weinstein. Uh, yeah, they, they've, they've been they've concluded. Over to the jury. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Oh, my God. I'm scared. Maya, here's a, here's a question for you just about current events in general. I mean, yeah. this is all happening in the age of Trump. And there was an article that there are young kids who are sprouting Trump names and Trump – Bullying. Yeah. yeah, bullying. Basically saying, well, hey, if the president says it, then we can say it. Right. Sure. But just in general, I think all of this is under the umbrella of this – Sort of anti-politically uh, correctness. Mm-hmm. What do you, how are you how are you living in the age of Trump? I mean, what do you feel about? Are you optimistic about twenty twenty? Um, Ooh, um, <laughs> I know it's a big <laughs> I mean, cautiously, I think I was optimistic about twenty sixteen, and, yeah. and we saw how that happened. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, so cautiously, and, and you know, trying to do my part to make sure it it ends up the way that I I hope it will. I mean, I think you know. It's hard being any marginalized community yeah. under Trump. It's hard being mm-hmm. queer. It's hard being brown. It's hard being yeah. Yeah. a woman. It's you know it's hard being anything mm-hmm. um, yeah. that is not um, you their know. standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah their standards. Just so liberal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that too. He, he demonizes everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I um, I teach a couple classes mm-hmm. um, of, of kids as part of my day job life and um i was teaching a group of fourth graders who i adore for cutting ball recently Mm -hmm. and um we were doing an improv game and one kid pretended to be trump and the entire class was just so upset Mm -hmm. and Mm. booing and screaming and yelling and we need to ban Mm-hmm. pretending to be Trump from our improvs. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so to see that with 9- and 10-year-olds yeah, um, felt really significant to me. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. There was an article that in New Hampshire, after the New Hampshire primary, you know, right. we had the disaster of the Iowa primary, <laughs> and s- things went smoothly, except there was a, um, a liberal person who voted, I think, probably for Bernie, but there was a tent that were full of Trump supporters, mm-hmm. and there was a 15-year-old kid who was raising the sign for Trump. Right. This individual, a grown man, slapped the kid. No. Oh and uh, it's – I was like, hey, listen, I'm liberal. Of course, I don't want Trump elected, but we can't cross it to the extreme. Right. You know, we can't – I think I think Nietzsche had said – you know, uh, in order to fight monsters, we cannot become monsters ourselves. Uh-huh. So we have to be very, very careful. And it's interesting you mentioned nine-year-olds are now picking this up. And sure, I totally understand. Hey, you know, you can't. We we don't want to have this in our classroom. Right. Um, I mean, there's still. I mean, pe- free speech is free speech. I mean, you know. Well, we don't have to and there are ways to deal with <coughs> it. Um, yes. The other thing I forgot to mention about this week was yeah. um, I did play cafe. Right on. Uh, so for those who don't know, Play Cafe is a regular organization that um, allows writers to bring in mm-hmm. bits of their work. Yeah. And uh, and I was the facilitator, so I was supposed to just sort of try and manage it. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it was tricky, but I, yeah. I managed to do it. One guy did a piece about Trump. Oh. And uh, oh, the Comey Trump. Um, yeah, the dinner. Comey Coalition. Yeah, no, the dinner. Yeah, that dinner that got Comey fired. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was such a horrible play. Yeah, <laughs> and, no, and it was horrible as a play. It was horrible. Sure, you're taking a piece that we recognize 
you know, a character that we recognize, you're not using his cadences, you're not using his language. Mm -hmm. um, so that's confusing, but you're putting the name so close that it's hard for us to not make the association. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a question that came up with a number of pieces was, what? who is the audience for this? Who do you foresee as the audience for this? Right. And, um, you know, to go to the other side of it, who are you triggering? And I, I'm trying to find another word since people get triggered by the word triggered. <laughs> yeah. But um, do, uh, who is your audience? Right. Who are you trying? And right. yeah. what do you think you're doing to your audience with this piece? Right. And this guy was so clueless. And I was like, "It's it, you're picking this really volatile material up yeah. and you are just deadening it. To the point where we have to question why you're using it. You know, I, I don't I don't blame people emoting and using art to emote. Yeah. But there's a difference between emoting and using art that will actually has a purpose of communicating and allowing actors to communicate and allowing an audience to, you know, to to learn something. To allow your audience to have an experience. Right. I, the other thing I almost brought it up mm -hmm. because I um I am reading Peter and the Starcatcher. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be directing it with a group of 13-year-olds nice. in a few weeks. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I wasn't familiar with it at all. Mm -hmm. So it turns out it is sort of a prequel to Peter Pan, and it is a fanciful prequel to Peter Pan. If you're a purist, you might not like it, but <coughs> I don't think of myself as a purist, but, and I'm so I'm completely surprised by all the things they're doing, but they're all wonderful, all of them. It's such a gorgeous work. There are, and I finally flip the book over and I read the back, and the New York Times says, A wonderful children's story. And I'm like, Yeah, but not in the way that I would ever think of a children's story. Um, they go to some dark places. There is a little bit of death. But if you know Peter Pan, mm -hmm. there's death in that. Wendy gets killed when they first get to Never Never Land. Right. <laughs> right. right. Before she hits the ground, she gets an arrow through her heart. She dies. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm loving that approach to material because it's very clear. It's Dave Barry, the comedian. Mm. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, The yeah. columnist. Yeah. And he clearly knows what audience he's aiming for, and he knows how far he can go with He actually describes a sex scene at one point but he describes it from a child's point of view without them seeing it. They hear sounds. The sounds are, what is it? The, um, they kind of, it's a description of the sounds, just mm -hmm. a quick description. And then it says, and it was uh, the girl, I think, was overhearing this and saying, she figured they were going to be at that for a while. <laughs> okay. And there's no more description. So you could read this to a child, and all they would get from it is, well, there were some sounds in there. There was some grunting and some giggling. And they were going to be at that for a while. <laughs> Boom. That's yeah, it. so I, I was like, how, yes, you can call this a children's novel, but Norman <laughs> Norman is trying to absorb this book in less than two days. I'm mm -hmm. just enjoying it. And I thought, I'm going to read a chapter or two. I'll fight my way through it. It's a trilogy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm not reading three books. And now I can't wait to get through this book to get to the next one. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice so for the It's amazing well. that, you know, you can find ways to target mm -hmm. your material. Very nice. And with that, we'll uh, get into uh, Maya Herbsman. Uh, I'm going to play just a couple of the clips. And uh, like I said, folks may have heard this before. But these are what women go through when you, um, you audition and you get, you know, you're cast in a role. And some of the things that, ha that have happened uh, in the rehearsal process. This first one is Rod Corral. As if you ask me to speak specifically as a woman, I've been thinking a lot about that. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about... Um, 
the, the rehearsal room experience itself and mm -hmm. a lot of things that you have to do mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know an experience I had um, in a rehearsal room where there was an intimate scene mm -hmm. for example that uh, you know I was part of with another actor and uh, the director made us work for like two or three hours hmm. um, and you know you were supposed to kiss and be intimate and it just went on and on and on and she never once checked in with me and said how are you doing yeah and mm -hmm. um you know and and is this you know what is this feeling like and and i think it a lot of the responsibility falls on me as well because i'm also i feel like learning just to advocate for myself yeah um that also i never spoke up and said the stage manager should have stepped up too because yeah, I mean, like breaks and all of that stuff, and also just checking in. I don't know if they were in the room at that moment. Wow. Okay. But, um, <laughs> and it was, so we might have gotten those breaks, but it was the break, the mental, emotional sure, break. Sure. And I think that that scene was never quite um, blocked. Okay. Mm. So that's that. That's Radical Rao. Uh, Crystal Piamonti Zhang. Uh, we were auditioning for Bat Boy the Musical, and, ah, you know, I, I got a poster there. Yeah, <laughs> oh, hey, Bat yeah. Boy, it's my show. Um, yeah, I was auditioning for Shelly, and obviously she, you know, there's a kiss scene, there's a whole weird sex scene, mm -hmm. um, and, and so at the callback, you know, there was a side where I guess the two characters kiss, and, and I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not feeling it today, you mm -hmm. know, like, I don't think we should do that, because, you know. Right. We don't really know each other, and, and I did do the scene, I did do the callback scene with a friend, but he was sick. And so I expected him to, like, not do it, but he did. Oh. And I was like, dude, I just got over being sick, mm -hmm. and I was not prepared. Like, no one else has been kissing, and you kind of just... You're shaking your head as we listen to these. Oh, uh, your reactions, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've heard this before. Uh, this is uh, Lindsay Marie Schmelzer. Oh. Um, actually, this this summer, I had I was doing, um, I was doing some shows, and I, it, it was a... It was Pericles, which uh, oh, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and so the daughter gets like sold to a brothel and all right. this, and it was just the way that some of the people talked about her, like the character, right. not necessarily even right. me, sure, but using words that I wouldn't yeah. use and referring to to me as the character right. as those words, and it it was just such a strange. Uh, in, in, so it wasn't, I guess it wasn't necessarily and, like and no sexism, but. But no one checked in with you to see well your reaction, to see mm -hmm. are you okay? Not, or, yeah. not right away. And <sighs> and so, and I went to one of my friends that was in the show with me, and I was like, this is weird, wasn't mm -hmm. it? Because there was a lot of even. Um, People felt free to, to yeah, talk like Yeah, and that. yeah, because of how the character yeah. was dressed. and Okay, mm. so that's that. Mm -hmm. And the last one is Jamie Lee Roberts, and it's really short. But there never been yeah. time where you felt uncomfortable, or let's say a director has asked you to do something you really didn't want to do. Oh yeah, I'd <laughs> say in that first show that I was in, I had to kiss my quote unquote That's husband. right, the forty-year-old. Yeah. And I remember struggling with that a lot. Mm. Um, but I, I didn't really know to like say anything about it. I just thought this is what I have to do. You have to listen to the director. Yeah. That's the protocol. And there it is, and that's. Some of these short in, you know, interviews that I've had, and uh, we've had other women say, oh, no, I haven't had any problems. And I don't know if that's because they didn't say anything or, or maybe they, they really did have a positive I think, thing. I, I think there's some other 
some other things in play, but I, I don't want to jump forward. So we're we gonna are we gonna jump to the conversation or origin story or how do you want? Well, go we with can this? go into an origin story, but this is the reason why you, we we're had here. You yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The need and I for think an intimacy it's amazing coach. to hear yes. how you got to this place. You know, I think that's as as useful as exactly. You know, we get into an origin story, but how did you get into being an intimacy coach? Did you want to? Ah. Um, um, did, were you an actress and you saw that this there was a need here? I mean, I'll let you. Yeah, I mean, you know, as most people who start in theater, I started as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, when you're a kid in theater, that's, sure. that's what you see. That's the yeah. option. Yeah. Um, and as I got older and in college, I started to sort of find myself and my voice as a director. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that was what my training was in, and that was what I really pursued in college. Um and before I before I knew about the field of intimacy direction, mm-hmm. um, I you know I was in a directing class with some of my classmates, and there was an intimate scene. I would often get asked to just sort of take a look at it, mm-hmm. um, not because I at the time had any particular formal training in in intimacy work, but just because it was something that I was comfortable with. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. where I think a lot of people aren't. Right. Um, and so, you know, take a look, this and that, whatever. Um, and I remember really distinctly my senior year sitting in the apartment I was living in um, and reading an article about Tony Asina, um, who is uh, sort of the person who coined the term oh. intimacy direction okay. um, and, and who is one of the founders of the movement um, about her work at Stratford. Um, mm. And... Um, which was uh, the Bacchae. Um and mm. there is oh. uh, you know, a large group sex scene in, in right. that one. Um, and I remember reading that article and just feeling like, oh my god, like that's what this is the thing that I've been just trying to do without knowing what it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I think you know there have been people doing this work in some shape or fashion. For many years, whether it's right. a, you know a choreographer or a director or yeah. a fight choreographer or whatever, without totally having all all the parts yeah. that mm-hmm. are now being put together sure. um, <coughs> by the leaders of this movement, and so um, so that really stuck with me. Um, and you know, of course, I have some of a background in movement and. Um, a background in social justice and activism, mm. um, which all feels to me really deeply connected connected yeah Yeah, i mean Mm -hmm. in in some ways um my my psychology classes that i took in college Mm. um i went through training um to become an abortion doula Uh um in college in some ways those things all feel as equally a part of what i bring to my craft every day as you know whatever studio you say an abortion doula Doula? yeah an abortion doula what is that um it's essentially someone midwife but Kind of, yeah. It's essentially someone who is sort of a, a patient advocate and yeah. can be with oh, the okay. woman. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I didn't know there, there were. Yeah, yeah it's yep. a super yep. cool field. Yeah, um, awesome. A super cool field. I, I, yeah, I'd never heard those concepts put together, but good <laughs> yeah. Lord, if anybody needs <laughs> somebody to hold your hand. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah it's just a, a wonderful mm-hmm. field. Um, so, yeah, in some way, all those things sort of feed into what it is I, I do now. And so, you know, I graduated college. 
Um, I moved back to the Bay Area, which is where I grew up. Oh, where? Um, where were you? I were you born? grew up. Uh, I grew up. In, I was born in San Francisco. Grew up between Whoa, San Francisco native. and Santa Fe. Yeah, baby. Yeah. All the way. <laughs> um, and so, I, of course, I had to move home. <laughs> because after four years on the East Coast, mm-hmm. I had to get back to California weather. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where, where in the East Coast did you study? Uh, I was at Wesleyan University, which is in Middletown, Connecticut. Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Ooh. Yes. Uh, famous for Lin-Manuel Miranda. That's sort mm-hmm. of our big oh, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. It can be very, very cold in that area. Yes. <laughs> it sure can. Yeah. Um, and so I moved back, and I, um, you know, I was still really – stuck on this intimacy thing and of course I was also pursuing work as a director and I was gosh at that time I was teaching I think 22 classes a week wow. um you know living in the mm-hmm. area right <laughs> right. You gotta do, yeah. right yeah um and I was introduced through um a mutual friend uh Chris Steele who mm-hmm. is a, a local actor mm-hmm. and uh to Tony Asina who founder mm-hmm. one of the founders of the movement um and she was basically like, okay, great. We don't really have anyone in the Bay Area yet. This was in the fall of 2017. Okay. So sort of right on the cusp mm-hmm. of when this blew up. Mm-hmm. Right before Me Too really yeah. took mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Effect. Yeah. Um, and, of course, the the first year of Trump's presidency. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is absolutely an important backdrop. Yeah. Right. And a very real part of how all this, I think, has, has come to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and... So she was basically like, I will, I will get you connected with our folks. I will help you train. Um, but, mm. and, and, and you got to kind of pound the pavement to yeah. really get this mm-hmm. to yeah. exist in the now, Bay Area. Now, is that the Intimacy Directors International? Is that the yes. movement? Got it. Uh, okay. Yes. Um, and so that was founded by Tony Asina, Alicia Rodas, who mm-hmm. is, um, if you've read any of the articles about Mm-mm. it in film. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, they, it's, good. It's mostly, it's a lot of Alicia. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Sean Richardson, and later joined by Claire Warden, um, mm-hmm. who is the main person that I've studied with. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and she is the first intimacy director on Broadway. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and we are all now um, working together at a very cool new company called Intimacy Directors and Coordinators. Mm-hmm. Nice. Check that is out. fantastic. And I see that you, I think you are in a, at an apprentice there. How is how is the uh, learning been? I mean, has it been a steep learning curve? Is it a lot of the things that you learned when you were in Wesleyan? Um, it, yeah. I so I became a certified intimacy director in oh geez, I think November. Okay. Um, uh-huh. And that was the culmination of close to three years. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right. Two, two and a half somewhere yeah, around yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it. There's a there was a lot to learn and there's still a lot to learn. You sure, know, even sure. as um, one of the I think it's something around twenty five thirty certified folks oh, uh-huh. in the country. Right. You know, we're always still learning. We're always still right. hurting. We're always still, you know, trying to keep up with the latest mm-hmm. movement. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the basics of intimacy direction were things that I. Um, that I picked up of, you know, just, again, like, my movement mm-hmm. training, right. the activism, and then with uh, with my mentors, it was a lot of learning the specifics of the technique and mm-hmm. how one actually does approach a scene. What are the sort of 
what are the pillars of this work mm-hmm. right. that we could be passing on? How do you create a safe mm-hmm. – I know safe space is, is thrown around a lot. Right. Um, but how do you create a work environment where risks can be taken mm-hmm. and we are all kept emotionally safe? And so that's mm-hmm. a lot of the training and as part of becoming a certified intimacy director um, – there are, in addition to the sort of theater or film focused trainings, there's also a number of other trainings that you go through of, mm-hmm. you know, mental health first aid, um, anti-racism, anti-bias, sure. you know, all sorts of um, EDI type sure. trainings. Um, I did a bunch of, um, like, how to how to help ground folks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, who are maybe in the midst of something traumatic. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to take you back for a second. EDI? Yeah. EDI Thank training. you. Uh, equity, diversion, diversity, and inclusion. Excuse me. Ah, no, no, no. Um, I just, just wanted to make sure. Yeah, yeah. equity, diversity, and inclusion. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, anti-racism, anti-sexism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know uh, at my office we have an implicit bias training. Yes, we took the some of office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a requirement. So I figured that. I did have a quick question because I yeah. know that at Wesleyan, you took some psychology. I did. Are you implying a lot of that? Because I imagine, you know, going into a, um, a, the, um, the rehearsal space, there may be a lot of not only what is the character and what does the director want to do, but who is the actor? Mm-hmm. Who is the person? Definitely. And I mean, I think it's always the fine line of ultimately – I am not a mental health professional. We right. are not mental health professionals. Right. And so there's only so much yeah. mm-hmm. that we can functionally do. And as you say, it can be a very vulnerable sure. space mm-hmm. to be in. And it can, it can, you know, lead to a rise of, you know, past memories or, yeah. or feelings of trauma. Yeah, yeah um, sense memory, yeah. And sometimes people, you know. People may not know to expect that before it happens, and sure. sometimes it just kind of comes up out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Now, I love the um, – when did the date book article come out? Is that recent? Uh, last summer, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because that it's, – it's so gorgeous, and it covers all Thank this you. so wonderfully. Um, there's a way where – because we're talking about doing something in the arts, so without in, you know, impinging on that art, that creative impulse to still keep it safe. And the fact that, you know, there were a couple things in the article that I loved – one was that notion of the older actor who has basically been in the trenches yeah, and absolutely. dealing with this absolutely. so and not recognizing that there are these traumas yeah, <laughs> that they've absolutely. just been ignoring, opening up the door to that, or just the fact that in the rehearsal process, something may bubble up. Yeah. I love that you, it, you know, the article kind of started giving a sense of how you prepare yourself to go in and how yeah. you close. You know, that notion that you know you're going into a vulnerable space, so create a ri- ritual where you sort of turn it on and then mm-hmm. try to prepare to turn off and get back into. Absolutely. And I mean, I talked about this in, in that article as well, but, you know, early in my in my start as an intimacy director, mm-hmm. I was not taking appropriate care of myself, which meant mm-hmm. that I was carrying home yeah, man, everybody you else's. a lot yeah, of what's going just, on. You yeah. take it home with you and it sits right. in your bones and... Um, and at some point I had to sort of look myself in the mirror and realize this is not healthy. It's not healthy and I'm not it's not putting myself in the best place to help mm-hmm. the folks I'm working with. Right. Yeah. And also you'd worked a lot of jobs. I mean how many you <laughs> yeah. you talked about like what, twenty or thirty? Twenty five in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
So I'm not sure where that puts me in total. Um, yeah, well, that's good. You, I mean, the numbers <laughs> are real, but I mean, but yeah, I, that's I, a I lot of intimacy dealing with. Yeah, worked a lot and very consistently um, since. I mean, at first, when I first started here, it took a mm. little bit to kind of get the word out and get things going. Mm-hmm. Um, but for at least the last year and a half, it's been yeah pretty nonstop. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and that could, which yeah, it's great. Um, and also, well, it's be needed. Done without, it's so you know. clearly needed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think. Um, you know, I couldn't do it if I did not have both the support of my colleagues and my community in intimacy direction, and if I didn't have practices for myself mm-hmm. that allowed me to be fully present in the rehearsal room and not take it home with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's a question for you. Yeah. There, have you had to deal with directors who have you had to bump, bump heads with directors? They're like, "Hey, I want I want to go in this direction. I want to do this," and it may be unhealthy completely unhealthy yeah i mean i think luckily you know no one has been super completely outrageous Mm -hmm. um let's just harm the actor and and who cares (laughs) you know nothing nothing absolutely horrific yeah um but yeah of course i mean i think there is always there's often a sort of uh, a dialogue you need to have about where does the director want to go where do the actors Mm -hmm. feel okay going to mm-hmm. yeah. what makes the most sense for the story and ultimately that's what I always try and bring it back to when those conflicts do arise is we're all here trying to tell the same story right mm-hmm. so maybe the director wants to do it with this kind of a physical action sure. and maybe the actor does not feel safe doing that mm-hmm. okay how can we tell that story in a different way you know there's a million ways to uh, skin a cat is such sure, an awful sure. phrase but yeah, yeah. But there's a million ways no, to skin a cat, you know, yeah. and you, there's, there's a million ways to stage a sex scene. Right. Yes. yes. Um, oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A, a million. Um, and so. We did. Uh, you know. We did Four Men in Paris. Paris. And, uh, okay. and second act opened with, uh, with a bedroom scene. Sure. And there was a bedroom, two men, but there was another bedroom scene with a woman. Mm-hmm. Actually, was it one or two? Just one. Just the one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, of course, implied in the story. Oh, that's mm-hmm. right. The first scene is a street scene when they flirt. That's and right. then it ends up in a bedroom scene. And I'm, as director, I'm just, I want to tell the story. Right. But I want to take care of this actress. Of course. I do not want to say, wow, you've got a great figure, so we're going to throw that out there in front of the audience. Right. And so what I decided pretty early on was mm-hmm. this man with no pants on, for the whole scene, that is going to bring us to that level that we need to be at. Right. And if he is at all uncomfortable, you know, I can try to shape the scene to put him in a place where he's comfortable. But whatever vulnerability he brings to that scene is going to tell the story I want for the other one. Absolutely. Instead of having naked woman or nearly naked woman on stage. I, I mm-hmm. <laughs> and public, public service announcement, I was the writer. You were the writer. <laughs> but... It, you know, like, I, as far as the director, I mean, I can write whatever, or right. any person can write whatever, but it's your, in other words, just because a writer says, hey, woman is naked, just, it right. doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Right. No, absolutely. And, you know, I think there is the very occasional thing mm-hmm. that happens where there's a kiss written, and there's just not a whole lot of ways to avoid mm-hmm. it being a kiss. And right. so when that happens, and if the actor is... Does, is that's not something the actor wants to do? Mm-hmm. Then that's where the you know the harder conversations have to happen. Of okay, well, right. 
is there a way we can do this mm-hmm. that makes sure we all feel safe? And what I always say is, and um, and I've taken this from Claire Warden, um, brilliant, wonderful Claire Warden, is that this may never feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's an odd thing mm-hmm. to have to be intimate with a coworker. Right. Yeah. Um, in front of other people to watch as a character, you know, it's an uncomfortable thing. It's okay to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. as long as it's safe, mm-hmm. right? And as long as you're confident, mm-hmm. that's what matters. Yeah. And so my job is not to make you feel comfortable with something that is just uncomfortable, right? It's just to make sure that we can get something that we all feel confident in doing yeah. and that isn't going to be the source of anxiety right. every day before the show. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's been as, as an actor myself, it's been a wonderful learning curve to get to that place of going, Oh, my character needs to be vulnerable. My character needs to be uncomfortable. Right. I can allow that to happen if I can make it happen in a safe way. If the production makes it happen in a safe way, then I suddenly have that freedom to let that moment happen and live it. And then get some space where I can take care of myself and recover. And I mean, I think, you know, one of the big things that we are really trying to push forward as intimacy directors is this idea of it being okay to say no. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked that. I didn't quite understand it, though, the no but. Yeah. Let me tell you about it. Please, (laughs) please. I mean, I think, you know, just listening to the the clips you played earlier. Yeah. what I heard, one of the things I heard in there was not necessarily knowing how to say this isn't going to work for me mm-hmm, or this mm-hmm. doesn't feel comfortable or this isn't okay. I, you know, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, you know, obviously I think that's where a lot of the harm has come from. And so, you know, mm-hmm. we're taught from the day you go into your first little kids improv class that the way to be a good theater artist is to say yes, yes and, and. Yeah. right? And mm-hmm. if you say no, there's 50 girls out there who will do it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that idea, while great for improv, can be so damaging. Right. Because it leads to people feeling coerced into saying mm-hmm. yes to something they never wanted to say yes to. Sure. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to push forward this idea of no but. Meaning, no, we're not going to do it this way, but we're going to keep playing this other way. Right. It doesn't, no doesn't have to be a stop. It's just a change of direction. Mm -hmm. An alternate uh, offer. Yeah, exactly. So no, you can't kiss my lips, but you can kiss my neck. Mm -hmm. Fine. Right. Great. Um, No, I don't want you to lift up my right leg, but Mm -hmm. maybe if we angle it this way, you could lift up my left Mm -hmm. and that would be fine. Or put your hand on my hip. Right. Exactly. Which gives us the same kind of information, but... Mm -hmm. Right. It's exactly. all up in somebody's body. Exactly. And the beauty of no, I think, mm-hmm. is that it is a gift. Because if you say no to me, it means that I can trust your yeses. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so as something I hear so much, particularly from cis men mm-hmm. actors, is that they're just, they just want to take care of their scene partner. They're sure. just worried. You know, they just don't mm-hmm. want to mess anything up. They want to take care and that can cause a lot of stress and anxiety about wanting to make sure that you're respecting yep. boundaries right. and, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, wanting to be a good and safe scene partner. Mm-hmm. And for me, this is what takes care of that, mm-hmm. is that if you say no to something that I know that I can trust your yes and don't have to worry mm-hmm. about if you're, if you're secretly w- wanting to say no, then, you know, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I think the more that especially as directors and as folks with authority in rooms, we're able to practice saying no, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. the best that's the best gift yeah. we can give to our rooms. No, that is fantastic. Well, that's, I, and it sounded like you – I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> I was just going to say real quick, I wish we had an intimacy director when I did 110 in the Shade. Mm. I was working oh, with a very yes. young actress who was just coming out of uh, college, mm-hmm. and she had designs on who her leading man was, and I wasn't the person. Sure. And I was like, hey, I'm cast anyway, so – and I tried my best to just, as you say, take care of her or whatever. It never really felt right. We did what we had to do because the director said it, and we got to do it. Right. But I could feel, I could tell that the 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 aura was not there, mm-hmm. and even audience members who saw it, you know, sort of felt it. And no, what they say is no chemistry. Yeah, and right. of course the director was an older woman who really didn't want, who felt uncomfortable talking about this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which is why we have you know in intimacy, and of course this was in. 2013 so mm. sure well absolutely i mean i think you know like i said it's a lot of thing that it, it's a, a lot of people who feel uncomfortable talking yeah. about this sort of thing I, you know his joke that you know sitting in table work we could spend hours talking about you know why the playwright used this word or that word sure. or this flower versus that flower mm-hmm. and then you get to a kiss scene and it's just sort of tossed off as okay well the kiss and, and right. we move forward right. and yeah. got it please I don't want to think about it mm-hmm. um, and I think not only does that create anxiety and discomfort around it but it it ruins our opportunity to tell a really cool story Yeah, because if there's storytelling in each moment then the audience doesn't have to you know sit through something where they're like, oh, my God, these actors are so miserable. Oh, right, yeah. You know? Yeah. Or, and the actors can feel like, not that I'm having to kiss this person, but that mm-hmm. I am, am in this moment doing what makes the most sense for my character. Well, you do the same sort of work that you would do on any other part of the play. You figure exactly. out why yeah. the character is doing this, what the character's intention is, what their obstacle is, what their resistance is. Exactly. And where can you connect to that as an individual actor yeah, and make absolutely. that part of your performance instead of just, oh, I'm supposed to pick up a cup, so. <laughs> right, exactly. And a lot of my work is making that really technical, just as you would with a mm-hmm. fight um, that I wouldn't, you know, I'm not a fight choreographer, but I can't imagine any fight choreographer would ever ask someone to just, you know, throw a punch. Sure, right. Not decide where right, or right. for how long or right. with the intensity level, right? Mm-hmm. That would obviously be incredibly dangerous. Right. And so it's the same with intimacy that I think a lot of the harm that has been done is from a lack of specificity mm-hmm. um, that could lead to, you know, the hand is creeping farther up my thigh every night. Right. Mm. Um, Which, this, right, is changing your is performance there longer. for every yeah, night. Yeah, exactly. Or worse, you're not responding to it and the audience sees the tension. Right. But you're not acknowledging it. Yeah. Right, absolutely. And so giving of the structure of, okay, this kiss is four beats long. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got these intentions. It's this intensity. Right. Um, I'm going to start with my hand on your wrist, and I'm going to move it up to your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, that means that then the actors can just relax into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's a question for you, mentioning about – the actor that keeps, you know, that the hand is creeping up a little further sure. or whatever. Do you, um, does your work end, I guess, when the show opens or are you still on call? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think the, you know, of course the bulk of my work is, is done when the show opens and I always leave 
every show with a really clear structure for if there's going to be an intimacy call mm-hmm. of any kind as you would have a fight call mm-hmm. um, or even if it's just a, a consent call so to speak of making sure we're checking in every day to make sure our mm. consent is still mm-hmm. the same yeah. mm-hmm. because of course consent can right. be revoked at any time making sure the stage manager knows what to look for yeah. this yeah. is exactly how long it is this is exactly where the body parts go mm-hmm. um, and so you know I leave it with that and I always make myself really available okay. um, so that if anything comes up during the run, if, you know, I always read the show reports, yeah. if mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. if an actor wants to reach out and be like, hey, I don't really feel comfortable with talking to anyone else, but something's right. going wrong. Yeah, if a stage manager about. wants to reach out to me um, and say, hey, this looked a little funky last night. Right. I can't quite identify it. Can I shoot you a video? Mm-hmm. And you can tell me that way. Mm-hmm. And so on. Um, and so, you know, I would say it's probably one in every six or seven shows that yeah. I get reached out to after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you would think that everyone's on the same page and everyone has yeah, the same absolutely. objective. Every now and then, depending on what the production is, one mm-hmm. person is, I don't know, offline or has their own intentions or whatever. Sure. Well, that's the ideal, but it sounds more like there's a whole lot of training going on on various levels. You know, directors need to figure out how to fit this into their consciousness. Stage managers right. need to understand where this falls under their responsibilities. And most importantly, giving the actors some yeah, information and permission to to work at this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at its most basic level, I think what Intimacy Direction is trying to do is treat actors as human beings which is so it sounds so basic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it it's just trying to make sure that everybody has agency over their own bodies yay which yay absolutely Mm -hmm. and um and again it sounds so simple Mm -hmm. and yet you know we we're all in theater we know society is is struggling with this right yeah absolutely yeah um, and so it's trying to, like, to, like you said, give actors tools to make sure that they can do that for themselves. It's giving mm-hmm. language mm-hmm. and tools to directors and stage managers. That was the question that came up for me because I read in the article that you talked about specifically a the no, but um, mm-hmm. that there's exercises that you have to give them an opportunity to just start working with that tool and that sometimes people have a response to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think particularly for folks who are not – cis men the no can be something that's really difficult and there can be a lot of mm-hmm. fear mm. around saying no mm-hmm. of consequences yeah um and there's a lot of stories we tell ourselves i think about no's yeah um that if i ask my scene partner hey can i touch your shoulder mm-hmm. and they say no then maybe my automatic gut response is like oh my god Gosh, what what did I do to them? Right. Mm. Oh, Am yeah. I, did I cross a yeah. line? Yeah. Yeah. And and that I think is where so much of this horrible tension sure. can come from is the stories we make up right. for ourselves around nose when maybe my scene partner's shoulder was just sore because they slept funny. Right. Yeah. Um, or they know they have an issue with it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which, is, which is not necessarily told during, you know, like the beginning of rehearsals, like, oh, let me tell you, you know, I've got this or that or whatever, unless you're asked. Well, there are also people who right. you may have those things and you may manage them, so you may not want to give anybody else the, the mm-hmm. agency of, of that information. But when it comes up in an explicit way, oh, I better cop to this. I better <laughs> – I'm being asked explicitly. Right, and so and, – and that all comes back to the sort of the gift of the no mm-hmm. is that when we're practicing no on a regular basis – then maybe, ideally, 
of course, we're all working towards this. But then maybe we don't have to personalize every no. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That every no doesn't have to feel like a rejection right. or an mm-hmm. attack. It's, again, it's not a stop. It's mm-hmm. not a rejection. It's just a change of direction. Right. Yeah. Uh, quick question. Right. Gravity doesn't have a <laughs> gravity doesn't have feelings about you. Right. It's just a fact. <laughs> it right. just exactly. is. Yeah. Of course, exactly. as, as actors, we yeah. are very sensitive about almost everything. So. Yeah. Um, the business of of being an intimacy director, yeah. like just yeah. as far as just um, marketing yourself and all of that sort of stuff. Because I've heard directors, we had a Deb character talk about how hard it is to find a job as a director, or whatever. Sure. Is it? It sounds like you're not having that problem at all. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I'm not. Um, and for which I, f- I feel very lucky. Um, and, of course, like I said, I did at the beginning, and, mm-hmm. and that hasn't yeah. been true in a while. I mean, I think... No, your timing you just know, seems right for yeah. this. Yeah, it's, I feel really lucky to a certain uh, to get to be in in the thick of this movement as mm-hmm. it's hitting, yeah. it's reaching its And prime. the fact that you're certified. So yeah. no, no Tom, Dick, and Harry can just jump in and say, oh, I want to be an intimacy coach. Right. right, and I mean, you know, there are certainly plenty of folks around who are practicing as intimacy directors with varying levels of mm-hmm. training. And I yeah. think, you know, obviously I started working before I was a certified intimacy director. Right. Um, and so I would never say that if you're not certified, you can't work. Mm-hmm. For me, it's it's all about the in, – in, it's all about integrity, mm-hmm. that there are certain kinds of scenes I did not feel comfortable doing right at the beginning of my career because I did not feel okay to handle it. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is – is really what it comes down to in terms of training is, you know, I'm getting to this place where I am the m- the person with the most training in Northern California. Yay! Um, yay. yay. <laughs> um, and so I'm getting to a place where I don't have to take any every mm-hmm. gig anymore. Right. Which, oh, that's wonderful. Which is amazing um, and so great for my sleep. So but then the next <laughs> thing is you got to start pointing some well, other right. people, bringing and some other people Exactly. Up. And so there are certainly folks in the Bay Area who – are taking jobs as intimacy directors and when I get ones that I don't want to take or can't take, I'm going to be looking towards the folks who have gone to some workshops, sure. gone to some trainings, who mm-hmm. have maybe shadowed with me. Yeah. Um, because those are the people that I feel, okay, they know the responsibility of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the biggest thing for me is if I take on a job that I am not equipped for or I'm not prepared to handle – I could harm someone. Right. And I live with that responsibility every day. Um, and I think there's so much of intimacy direction that you can't see on the surface. You mm, might not mm. see if you were watching me work. Mm-hmm. I think of it like a, a duck. Um, like ducks from above water mm-hmm. look like they're just gliding smoothly. But if you look underneath, they're really furiously paddling mm-hmm. yeah. with their feet. Um, and, and that has always felt like a really good metaphor yes good analogy yeah yeah um for intimacy direction that there's so much work that i'm doing underneath the surface to make sure that i've got my eyes on everybody and that you know we're we're keeping us a good environment um and so yeah yeah for me it's all about integrity um and making sure that when i take jobs it's something i know that i can do um and if I have any doubts, then that's consulting with one of my colleagues or passing it to someone mm. more experienced mm-hmm. than myself. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I you know, these days works, it's works going great. Um, and, mm. and every time I get to hear from a new theater company who I haven't worked with yet uh-huh. is always really exciting. Um, of course, it's, it's wonderful to get to come back to the places I've worked. Right. Yeah. I have two questions for yeah. you. Um, number one, does it pay well? Uh, it can. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, I is could I survive purely off intimacy direction right now? No. Okay. Mm. Um, would I like to one day? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, mm. I think it's still, you know, budgets are tight. And I right. think, you know, I'm well, able. And it's a new concept. It is. And, SF you know. Shakes put two day puts two days into their sort of HR, mm-hmm. you know, their onboarding. And I was amazed because I thought, well, we're here to do a play. No, we're going to stop and talk about environment. Right. We're going to talk about talk about time, and we're going to talk about how much time we're giving to different things. We're you know we're going to talk about that whole environment. So before you even start worrying about what you do with the script, you've already been told this yeah. is a safe environment. That was huge. Definitely, and I mean I think you know I'm certainly lucky to be able to be paid as a specialty mm-hmm. artist um, and able to get much more consistent work than I would as a director where there are yeah. many directors around sure. here and there are far fewer of me. Yeah. How difficult is it to negotiate? I mean, you know, there are a lot of people who are not, they don't feel emboldened to say, hey, listen, I'm worth this amount. So you got to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I've been really trying to learn how to do. Um, I, I think we could all learn that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting better but, at but it. I, but I think you've earned it. I mean, you know, Thank you. no one else is certified. You are the most qualified in Northern California. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you are. Usually you have to have a position of, what do they call it, uh, leverage. You have leverage. Definitely. And, I mean, I think I have learned so much um, from, like I said, from my mentors, Mm -hmm. um, from Claire and from Jessica Steinrock, um, who's another wonderful one of the folks at the sort of front of this movement, from Tonya, from Alicia. I've learned so much from them about how to – I mean, they're just fierce freaking warriors. Mm -hmm. Um, and and they've had to be in order to get this movement to a place um, where it can sort of reach the the popularity that it has. Yeah. Um, and so I learned a lot from them about how to sort of know my worth and sure, and, that's right, and be able to ask for what I um, what I I think I need. And I also, you know, I want to be able to make sure that smaller companies who may not have as much money are still able to have access yeah. right. um, to this work in that just because, you know, they have a smaller budget shouldn't mean that their actors <laughs> should be punished <laughs> for it. Yeah, right. yeah no, that, that's um, exactly right. Have you ever or that we encourage that sort of dangerous environment. I mean, the people yeah, who are, absolutely. I hate the somebody who says, you know, well, the most important thing, the show must go on. The most important thing right. is this. It's like, no, 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 they're human beings involved exactly. in this. If you don't create an environment that mm-hmm. takes care of human beings, then I don't know that I trust your art. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. No one should be traumatized for doing work that we supposedly love to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Know. Have you ever had to reject a job because you just didn't feel safe or you felt the director was not on the same page or you didn't like the material? Um, I've never rejected a job for that reason. Um, there have been one or two occasions where – I sort of thought about it and, and ended up ultimately giving it to somebody else yeah. who I thought would be a better fit for it. But most of the time, I tend to feel like if I am a little sketched out by the director, mm-hmm. if there's something that doesn't feel good about this, if the work is really just riddled with whatever it is, misogyny or hate mm-hmm. or whatever, then in some ways that feels to me like more reason. Yeah, I'm just thinking about it. You're absolutely right. I mean, it. you know, are those the jobs that I have the most f- 
fun on, not necessarily, but mm-hmm. those are in some ways the jobs that feel most rewarding mm-hmm. because I know that it would have been a much worse environment if I hadn't been there. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right because they're the ones who absolutely need it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and thinking about it, it's you know, you're not only instructing the actors, but you're instructing the director and everyone involved. Yeah, I mean, it's it's changing the way that we work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's you know, the the analogy I always use is that I think of it like a tree. Um, that sort of for every actor, director, stage manager I mm-hmm. work with, then they hopefully. I'm doing my job right, they get empowered with these tools Mm -hmm. so that they can bring it to their next project. And whether that means asking for an intimacy director or just, or being able to say no or, Mm -hmm. or whatever it is, um, or making sure to ask for consent before you kiss someone on an audition, whatever it is. Right. Um, then that gets to spread and farther and farther. Um, and I, I taught an intimacy workshop recently for ACT, uh, for studio ACT, Mm-hmm. And there were some folks who took the class with me mm-hmm. who were like, I've been hearing about this thing for so long. It's been so present in my communities in the Bay Area that I'm excited to sort of see what it's really about. And that, to me, was so exciting because it means that it, it has been doing that, that yeah. it has really been spreading and that there has been a sort of ripple effect mm-hmm. outwards yeah. the Bay, which I feel – really proud of. No, Ooh. that is that is just fantastic. All right, we've hit the one hour mark. It's been fantastic just talking to you. Um, birthdays, shout outs. Birthdays. I got my list. Okay. Uh, today is Jim Kleinman's, I always never know how to pronounce his name, Kleinman. Mm-hmm. Jim Kleinman's uh, birthday. He's the artistic director at the Playground, which I'm doing this Monday. I'm directing a piece. All right. Um, at Playground this Monday, so that'll be very cool. Um, and it's funny, the list, my list starts with Somebody like that and ends with somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Dunn, um, I think they have a little group, he and his wife, uh, Susan. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do, they've been theater, they've been involved in the theater scene here for a long time, and they direct. They run a reading series in Alameda, musical theater, stage mm-hmm. bridge. Mm-hmm. They, they're very connected. Uh, anyway, his birthday today. Cool. Um, and Gaio Balaam is marginally theater mm-hmm. um, he's a comedian and okay. he has been a comedian we went to college together he has mm-hmm. been a comedian ever since and he's been on the circuit um, when they decided to legalize marijuana when that whole movement started <laughs> that boy just rose up first with medical <laughs> marijuana and then just total decriminalization and has just become like there I didn't know this but there's some online somewhere there's some show mm-hmm. he has a show that talks about it he's been interviewed numerous times for various publications like, wow, when you get out of college, nobody says you're you. You're going to spend the rest of your life smoking weed and doing comedy. <laughs> okay. He's doing that. Yeah. Um, another sort of marginally uh, theater person, Paul Klepkar, is a guitarist. And I'm actually going to go to the alley tonight and sing with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but his birthday is today. Um, Craig Niebauer. Uh, Craig is uh, somebody else I went to college with. Um, and it's a joy. When I went to state, I got out of state in like 91, I think. And... For those few folk who have stayed in the area and stayed active in theater, it's a joy to c- stay connected to them. Craig is one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jennifer, ah, I don't know her last last name. Jennifer Heineman is uh, the name I have for her. Um, I, I just know her as a supporter. 
you know, I first met her through a fundraiser, and then I found out she was really involved in trying to organize things with the Playwrights, uh, Bay Area Playwrights Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she's gone on to work with other organizations since. Uh, Kim Donovan. Of course. I'm sure you have. Yes. Uh, Denise Aliyah is, and again, somebody who got married, so I'm like, what is her last name now? Uh, but Denise's birthday is coming up this week. She's a North Bay actress, uh, musical theater mm-hmm. powerhouse. Uh, Carrie Edel Isaacman, that's her last name. <laughs> uh, somebody else I went to college with, and I believe she's in New York and been doing theater for this whole time. Sheila Balter, I met through Word for Word, a director, um, and I think she sometimes teaches at State. I'm not sure if that's true. I know she teaches. Um, and Meryl Shaw is the last one I have, and I first met Meryl when she was doing casting for ACT. She's been very involved with the theater, stays very involved with the theater community, and it cracked me up because I was at a party with her a couple of years ago uh, by hanging out, and somebody said, I said, I love hanging out with you people. Because you've been around for a long time, you know you know the history of all this. And she said, "Yeah, and I know where the bodies are buried." <laughs> <laughs> so I think our birthday is coming up next Friday. All right, Happy birthday and to those folks. So my list, I have Jonathan Williams. I saw him. I believe he was at the ACT. He uh, did a play, and um, Deb Carica took me to it. I'm trying to get him on the A. Oh yeah. But in any case, his birthday is today. I believe he he is the. Executive Artistic Director at the Tabard Theater Company. Ah, okay. And um, so he is, yeah, his birthday's today. And he's got a fundraiser for the Tabard Theater, so I want to sh- uh, point that out. Yesterday, um, Joanne Lorenzano Brower, she is a Philippine uh, actress and singer, used to have a couple of hit records in the Philippines. Hmm. Uh, so her birthday was yesterday. Um, also yesterday was uh, Ava Tong, I believe she is a... Philippine Asian American actress, um, also Danny Martin, um, a good friend of ours. Yeah. Uh, I had I, I was on his the stage was yesterday. Wasn't his it? was yesterday. That's correct. <laughs> uh, he was he and I were in one ten in the shade. Uh, also yesterday was uh, Rachel Deathridge. She is a actress and singer, opera singer as well. Uh, and she and I were on in Candide. Let's see. Uh, Sunday. Uh, uh, no, I don't have anyone for Sunday. Monday, Paul Plain. Uh, his birthday, it will be on Monday. And he or I, we did a Woman on the Verge of Nervous Breakdown. He was ah. also a guest on the Yay. Mm-hmm. So I want to say hi, uh, happy birthday to him. Also on t- Monday, Richard Wenzel, and I've worked with him at the Playwright Center for San Francisco. Little guy? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small okay. world, right? Yeah. Um, also, I want to give a shout-out to Maurice Eldridge, who is a was the principal of Duke Ellington School of the Arts, of oh. the Performing Arts. So well, happy birthday. <laughs> absolutely. Happy birthday to him. He's still rolling at 80 years old, and I mm. just can't tell you how Duke Ellington School just you know changed my life mm-hmm. and a lot of our kids' lives in D.C. Um, you mentioned Kim Donovan, and the last person I'll mention on Friday, Kelsey Colley. He was a, a theater teacher at Howard University, the Howard University Children's Theater, and uh, he was very cool. He reminds me of, in Africa, they have the griot. The, right. uh, the African storyteller. Storyteller, yes. And he reminds me of that. Uh, happy birthday, Kelsey. And that is it for me. Um, shows. White Guy on the Bus opens, That's I think, right. now. That's uh, right. Open yesterday. At the B8 Theater in uh, Concord. Yep. Um, Diana Lauren, Lauren Jones, Jones is in it. And I just found out, actually, I will save that. I, I just I just heard good news about her. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that it's been made public yet, so I, okay. I won't put that don't out there. Don't jinx it, yeah. Yeah, I won't. Um, uh, Ubuntu is doing Macbeth here in Oakland. Okay. 
Uh, those are the only ones I have right now. I have a couple. Uh, you're in town. Uh, Spreckles Ooh. Theater is doing that. Ooh. It opened yesterday, mm-hmm. closes March the 1st. Anna Yoham, who was a guest on our show, uh, she is in the show. You mentioned Wyka on the bus, also Violet the Musical. Oh, right. Uh, yes. Town Hall Theater. That actually, that'll be in May. Uh, but Stephen McLeod, we're pushing that. Oh, right, because um, he was on last week. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The Quality of Life, Alterina Playhouse. Uh, that opens March the 20th, ends April the 19th. We just talked about Kim Donovan. She is in that show. Oh, I forgot the Douglas Morrison, um, um, Alan Coyne's. Uh, oh, shucks. Uh, black Comedy. Yeah. At the Douglas Morrison and Hayward. Oh, <laughs> I am so tempted. I I have loved that play since college. I read that play. And yeah. I was in love with Peter Schaefer already, and that's just the weirdest one act. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the audience is in on the conceit of it is that when the lights are up, for the actors, for the characters on stage, it's dark. Mm. And when the lights are dim or off, that's when it's light on stage. So they walk into an apartment, and within a few lines, suddenly the stage goes dark, which means the stage starts dark. They start talking. Suddenly they go, oh, what's that? Oh, dear, I think the lights have gone out. And that's <laughs> when the stage is brightly lit, and they go through this whole thing with candles and flashlights. And yeah, I can I can totally imagine Alan Coyne in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And Alan and I were we did a skin of our teeth at the Douglas Morrison. The Douglas Morrison, they they are branching out. They're doing things, and I'm working with Douglas Morrison and Plethos. We're doing tiny, beautiful things. That won't happen until April. Right. Opens April the 10th. It's a short one, and it closes on the 19th. And that is it. Those Unless you've got some you want to share? Always. Yeah, I'm sure you're working on that. Always. <laughs> Always. Well, first and foremost, um, uh, Cutting Ball Theater, where I am. Oh, that's right. The yes. very proud associate artistic director. We've Woo-hoo. got, um, we just closed a show that I directed, I co-directed with Ali Moss, um, mm-hmm. called Ways to Leave a Body, and we're coming up on uh, Cyrano um, in the spring. That'll mm. open uh, around April 9th, 10th is, I believe, our previews. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is an all-femme and non-binary cast. Uh-huh. Oh, nice. I think, um, yeah, I think I saw auditions for that. <coughs> yeah, scaled down to eight folks mm-hmm. um, of the about 50, 70 it was written for in yeah. a new mm-hmm. translation um, by Marissa Scudlarek. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, so that one's going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, closing this weekend, I've got work uh, in, closing tomorrow, I think, over at Custom Made and How to Transcend a Happy oh. Marriage. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. I think, yeah. is it Luel Sonoris in there? Yes. 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 Yeah, he, we, we've been trying to I get him on. He's oh, so shy. He great. doesn't want to get yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that the makes thing sense. Is, once you get him talking, though, yeah. he's so wonderful. Totally. And I saw him on The Human Ear and at Anton's Well. Yes. He was magnificent yes. in that. Yes. So, yes. Yeah, and I've got a, I've got a six, seven-person sex scene in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one's some good fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then up next for me, I've got uh, Botticelli and the Fire of Marin Theater. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. We'll definitely push that. Did you have a good time? Hopefully, I had a great time. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank it. you so much. Yeah, we and no one touched the food. I <laughs> prepared the food and oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I had a after. little bit. Sure, <laughs> sure, no problem. All right, we're, no, we're we're so thankful for having you on, and it's, su- it's such an important subject matter. It is. You know, we we have this the yay. The, you know, we say that the yay is for theater people by theater people, um, because we want actors to not only. Um, feel good about what they do and of course get the prestige or whatever but we want to we want to create an environment and a lot of the things that we talk on the show are things that are not talked about during the rehearsal Mm -hmm. process so you know usually happens afterwards and it's important to get this stuff out immediately Mm -hmm. absolutely and i'm you know and i'm always so grateful for um any opportunity to get to kind of get the word out yeah um and especially if this means that you know 
I'm always available. I'm always around if, you know, if there are shows in need of an intimacy director mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. actors who Hallelujah. need assistance or anything else. Yeah. Hopefully now you know where to find me. Um, Ab- so absolutely. thank you so much for the platform. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Thank you. And uh, my usual spiel, you can find the A on any app that you listen to your podcast. You're listening to it now, but you can tell your friends. You can also listen to this on uh, iTunes. Just click on iTunes, click on the store on the upper Click on store, click on the search engine on the upper right-hand side, you'll find us. We're also on SoundCloud.com, and, and there's also the SoundCloud app. We're also on Spotify. The A was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, fa- Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. I'm at Reg Space Clay. And I'm at Hoosier Hoosier. How about mm-hmm. you, Maya? Do you have a um, website inst- a messaging or thing? I do, you know, I really should have a website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll get like there. Yeah. 2020 resolution, but... Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me on Facebook with just my name. My mm-hmm. Instagram handle is Maya.Herbs, H-E-R-B-S. Okay. Um, and, and Twitter frightens me, so that's, <laughs> that's what <laughs> <laughs> Now that makes total sense. It's a little strange. Yes. It's a lot, yeah. And we've we got to find, find a better, better sign-off. Sign and we are out. Mm-hmm.